sorry for the the crazy day today, but this is this is a glorious day. One, it's so good to see so many of your faces. Um, two, Sunday school starts today, so we just had opening with our Sunday school students. They're off visiting their classrooms, and so that's a real blessing. We have a new curriculum this year from CPH called Enduring Faith uh, that is really good. Uh, we're also offering uh, an online option for those uh, that are still at home or unable to come. Um, and so um, when you see the uh, Board of Education, or if you know of any of them, just tell them thanks. <laughs> this has been a crazy year, uh, but we're getting it done, and thanks be to God for that, okay? The other thing we did here, and the reason we're running a little behind, is we took a confirmation photo. Uh, our eighth graders that were confirmed earlier this spring, that had to be done individually, and so we were able to take a group photo with as many of them as, as we could get here, and uh, good to have, uh, good to have uh, you guys here and your families as well. So, what we're going to do here right now is do what we normally do in the spring. We roast them. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. We invite, uh, you know, uh, the third uncle on mom's side, twice removed, to come up and tell stories about... No, <laughs> we don't do that. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Grady here, and he's going to introduce the confirmands. And, uh, and I think uh, give them a hard time. we got a gift for them. Let them introduce their parents and all that stuff too, Okay. There really won't be much of a hard time. Um, <laughs> he got to scare you again. Um, but what, I'm, what we have is hymnal. And, uh, <laughs> of course, I pull up somebody's name who can't be here this morning. But uh, we went with the uh, compact variety this year, soft, so you can take it away with you to school or wherever you're going to go. And uh, hopefully your name's correct on it. So what we'll do is call your name, come up, tell us who's here with you, if you have any family here with you or anything like that, and, uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll start, and, and, and you didn't get confirmation, this is the weirdest confirmation, because uh, we did them like one at a time, except the twins, did them together, um, no family present except mom and dad, maybe your grandma and grandpa showed up. Uh, they didn't get done on Sunday morning. We, find, we got them cake finally this morning. I hope they all got a piece. Um, <laughs> so it was just all due to the thing that shall not be named. Um, e- even their picture is going to look odd because we're spread out, you know. And it, Anyway, so. Do you guys want me to give your middle names? Yes. I hear yes right over here. Yeah, everybody wants to know. Samuel Lincoln Latimer. Here he comes. Okay, so. Your confirmation verse, so everybody can engrave it on everything they give you now, is James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under, under grail. Grail? Wow. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Samuel, congratulations. Go sanitize your hands. <laughs> Who's here with you? Here. You got to say something. Um, my mom and my brother. Okay. Uh, John, right back there. Way back there. Okay. I think hey, is that where, do you, where do you get your hair from? Ooh, uh, Mom or dad? I don't know. 
Probably not my dad, because, I mean, he's bald, so. <laughs> I'm glad we left this online. No, we didn't. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, though. Dad, like me. Good. All right. Next up. Uh, what middle lane can we learn now? Gunnar Kai Spadell. Gunner or Gunnar? I always thought it was Gunner. Yeah. I got it right. Good. Okay. Your confirmation verse is Romans 3, 23 to 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Congratulations Thank to you. you. Got my mom and dad right there. Right there. <laughs> Chuck and yeah. <laughs> Hey, Gunnar, I got a question for you. Hockey or football? Hockey. Why? I don't know. <laughs> that boy plays hockey. I hear he's good. <laughs> There's your box. Okay. The next contestant. Kaden, she's not here. Uh, the next contestant, Isabel Laura Cassiani. Your verse is Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield, and him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts him with my song. I give thanks to him. Congratulations. Microphone, and I'm sure you'll get a question from the gallery. <laughs> Great. Um, my mom and dad are here, and my little sister Claire. Yeah, <laughs> back there. <clears throat> oh, you're waiting for me for a question. Yeah, it's it's the. What way are you going to sing for us today? <laughs> oh right, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, uh, the song from Frozen or the song from the Titanic? Which one you like better? <laughs> Frozen. I think Claire would like that answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good enough for me. All right. Thank you. Next, Annalise Claire Kasmerzak. Let's see. Your verse is John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You're welcome. My mom and my dad are here, and then my older brother and my little brothers in um, Sunday school, and then my grandparents from my dad's side are here. Nice to have you with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Favorite story about your grandparents that are here? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we got at least 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> we'll go with last Thanksgiving. It just we had like all of our family there and it was really fun. So I don't really Very have good. anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute, that was way too easy. Who's funnier, grandpa or grandma? Grandpa's funny, all right. <laughs> You're good. All right. Gavin Wade Williams. Your verse is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, congratulations to you. It's good to have you back. Um, Gavin and Davin, they moved. They used to live here in Zionsville. Dad got a job down in Albany, Ohio, and so they're living down by the river someplace, right? <laughs> There's a big one, Ohio, so I don't know, but yeah. Well, good. Okay. Question? Query? Did you, was that a Chris Farley joke that he was living in a van down by the river? <laughs> Not everybody knows that. I one. have absolutely no clue. <laughs> so are you an Ohio State fan now? No. Who do you root for? Still Indiana. Okay. There we go. That's good enough. Good job. Welcome home. It's been really good to see you guys today. All right. And now we have Didymus, Kevin, or Devin, Cade Williams. I put the K in the wrong place. It's right on here. I said it wrong. Devin. Your verse is Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he is. Congratulations. Let's see what you get on the magic wheel of spinning questions. I want to know which one of you is, who's the oldest? Who came out first? Garrett. <laughs> Garrett's not here. That's good. <laughs> Second question, when, you, when you're not uh, picking on your brother or vice versa, what do you like to do when you're not in school? What's your favorite thing to do at home? Basically play an Xbox One. There you go. All favorite right. game? Uh, someone close to RDR or GTA or something. Nice. That's pretty much closer. All right. Of these. All right. Welcome back. Good to have you back. All right. <laughs> Yay. That's it. That's it. Thank you very much. Okay. That goes off. I kept somebody's box. Pastor McKay, you're up. Well, I'm here with my wife and my Good. two sons. Ha, ha, ha. I only see two in front of me. Uh -huh. Oh, he's over there by himself. Okay. <laughs> okay. You ready to go live here in a little bit? Oh, I left my Bible stuff. Hold on. Don't. Well, we're getting ready to start Bible class now. Come on, keep up. <laughs> okay, yeah, confirmation students, you're welcome to stick around. There's a new high school Bible study going on downstairs in the youth room, so I'm sure they'd love to have you down there as well. Okay, how are we for... 
online stuff here. I have to give you a second. We're just going to have to pick up whenever I get going. So, Okay, so for Bible class uh, this year, um, I, I know some of you weren't with us uh, last week. Uh, you may or may not have watched online. We are starting now a new Bible study here uh, for the adult class on Sunday. And uh, repeat after me. Apocalypse. Now smile and repeat after me. We're living it. Are we? Well, I mean, that's kind of the question. Every generation has certainly looked at the events that are going on in the world and said or thought to themselves, Jesus has got to be really close. <laughs> I mean, with everything going on, it's got to be, it's got to be time. Okay. Um, now, to be fair, we need to just stick with what Scripture says. No man knows the hour or the day. Scripture does give us warning signs of as that time draws closer. Okay. But if you're a student of history, <laughs> you can't help but recognize that there's been, in my opinion probably more difficult times than we're undergoing right now. You talk to somebody who is of the greatest generation, you look at World War II, um, you talk to people who survived uh, the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression, and there's not many of these folks around really anymore, but even World War I, uh, which was simply known as the war, right? Um, and so there, there are always times in the life of a Christian where it makes you pause and think, wow, um, how do the stars align? Do current events stack up against that? And to be fair, there's been a lot of, of churches, um, not just Christian, that have tried to interpret apocalyptic literature, such as the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. These are books in the Bible that speak to the end times. Okay? So what we're going to do uh, is ultimately our goal here in this class is to study the book of Revelation. Raise your hand if you've really done an in-depth study of Revelation. Not many of you. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. Okay. Now raise your hand if Revelation just completely confuses you and you really have no idea what it's about. Okay. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to crack that open. But before we get to Revelation, which is the last book in our Bibles, the 27th book of the New Testament, the 66th book of the Bible, if you will. In order to understand Revelation, we need to understand what apocalyptic literature is, is, is really like. And we have some great examples of that. Uh, the one that we're going to study first is the book of Daniel from the Old Testament. Okay? Um, and you're going to see a lot of parallels in the book of Daniel uh, to not only current events, but it's going to help us better be able to interpret what Revelation means. Because our way of interpreting Scripture, which is the way Scripture tells us we should interpret Scripture, repeat after me, Scripture interprets Scripture. One more time. Scripture interprets Scripture. We're not standing around waiting for the Holy Spirit to give Pastor Grady a vision of what Ephesians 2, 8-9 says, or when Jesus is going to return. We're not waiting for, you know, the Pope to announce something and write it down in some decretal that says, thus saith the Lord, okay? We have all that we need. And so this is why Jesus, remember, gets in so much trouble with the Jews of the day. He stands in the synagogue, and there on a table are 
the readings, the Torah, okay, uh, all the Old Testament books, and he places his hands on them, and he says, these scriptures testify to me, right? So as we get into Bible study, the first thing I'm going to remind you is that Bible study is not asking yourself, what does this mean to me? Or how does this make me feel? The first and foremost question of a Bible student is, what does this say about Jesus? How does this testify to him? And how does that connect with all the rest of Scripture? Okay. Now, as God's Word certainly is living and active and is a, is a light for your feet, a lamp to your path, Okay, I think I got that backwards. I always miss those two. But regardless, okay, yes, God's Word does inform and help you where you're at. But we have to start with Jesus first. We missed the boat on him. We missed the boat on everything else. So we're going to start with the book of Daniel. And, uh, and that's what's going to be up on the screen here for you. And we're actually using a Bible study from CPH to get us started with Daniel. And this is really just to help keep your crazy pastor on track. Okay, so we're going to have a little bit of an outline, and, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to roll through that. Uh, starting next week, when we have a little more than 15 minutes, I'm going to have a handout for you. I wasn't sure how much time we would have today with all of our festivities going on. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Lord God, Heavenly Father, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes as we now study Scripture that we too with those who have come before us, may see Jesus. All these things we ask in his name. Amen. Okay, Daniel 9, 21 to 22. Uh, let's uh, read that uh, for today. It's there up on the screen. While I was still in prayer, can you read it? Read it with me. While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice, he instructed and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. Okay? So in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. Now in these latter days, he's spoken to us through his son. So what we're going to see in the Old Testament, as with Revelation, is God giving specific revelations to the prophets okay? and to the apostles. And he does not promise to work like that in these last days. It's why uh, we don't refer to ourselves, uh, those that are pastors, as apostles. Okay? If, you're familiar, familiar for, if you are familiar, for example, with the Mormon church, what do they call their big kahuna, their head cheese? Yes, they call him the apostle. Why? What do they believe? That God is giving direct revelation to the head of the church. Which, if you study at least a little bit about the Mormon church, the Book of Mormon has undergone more revisions than almost any other book. Okay? Same thing actually with the Book of Mormon. Okay? That depends. I remember if you talk to people that are Muslim, uh, recognize that there's a lot of divisions even amongst Muslim, Muslims. Okay, what they hold to, um, and uh, what prophets uh, interpret, uh, that sort of thing. Um, we don't need to rely on an apostle or prophet to interpret for us. We would say that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Okay? God certainly has given to his church pastors and teachers, those that would open up and explain. But again, everything is based on Scripture, not on some sort of new revelation. 
Okay? Uh, so what's going on here? Uh, Let's let go to the next part. So along with the book of Revelation, the average Christian surely finds Daniel to be the most difficult portion of Holy Scripture to understand. Um, and I just did a quick search uh, for <laughs> uh, Daniel Bible studies. Um, have any of you taken the Crossways Bible study course, or have you heard of it? Crossways by Reverend Dr. Harry Went. Probably a few of the pastors that have nodded their head. Um, been around for a long time. And uh, Dr. Harry Went uh, was a, a Lutheran, a pastor from a Lutheran Church uh, in Australia. Came over to the United States, actually got his PhD from Concordia Seminary. Put together a really good Crossways Bible program. I've been through it several times. My dad actually did a lot of the artwork for the Crossways uh, Bible study, and it, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good Bible study series. And so I thought, you know, hey, let me see what Dr. Went uh, has to say about the book of Daniel. Guess what? Couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. Daniel gets ignored by a lot of scholars and academics. Um, one, because it's just kind of difficult to explain. We're going to unpack some of that for you for Scripture. So I, I doubt many of you. Raise your hand if you have studied Daniel first. And Anybody here? One, two, that's it? Yeah, pastors, have you taught a class on Daniel? Okay, Pastor Allman did, so he's going to sit close to me during this Bible study <laughs> and pass me notes when I get something wrong, okay? Um, we also have a, a Daniel commentary uh, written by uh, Dr. Steinman. Um, who, is he still at Concordia River Forest? Okay. Uh, he wrote a really good commentary on the book of Daniel, so I'm going to be supplementing some of our study with that. Okay. So, the problems we encounter in interpreting these two books stem in part from the fact that, are, that both are examples of a type of literature known as apocalyptic. Okay. So, what was the word I used earlier that I had you repeat with me? Apocalypse. Okay. That's a Greek word, which simply means revelation. And that's the name given the last book of the Bible in the Greek New Testament, and from it we derive the name apocalyptic. Now, Daniel is an early example of apocalyptic, um, a, a type of literature that became more widely used among the Jewish people during the last centuries of the Old Testament era. As an apocalyptic book, Daniel has certain features in common with other apocalyptic writings, including the book of Revelation, and there's a host of other non-biblical documents as well. Therefore, it is important that we know something about apocalyptic literature in general before we attempt to study one of the biblical apocalyptic writings, okay? So, characteristics of apocalyptic literature. Certain kinds of literature, for example, such as Greek tragedy, are distinguished by certain features common to, uh, common to all examples of that type of literature. Among apocalyptic writings, uh, one can also identify certain common characteristics characteristics. In general terms, it may be said that apocalyptic is distinguished by the following liter uh, literary features, and there's five of them that are listed here. Number one, apocalyptic literature, literature will always reference some sort of deliverance from affliction. Okay? So these writings generally are written during a time of spiritual affliction. The author takes a limited interest in the events of history and instead looks beyond history to a time of deliverance. So as we read Daniel, will we learn history? Yes, we will. Okay? We'll learn a lot about the Babylonian captivity. Uh, we'll learn about uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Name two big stories from the book of Daniel that all of you, if you grew up in the church, would have heard in Sunday school or otherwise. Yeah, Daniel and the lion's den. Absolutely. Okay, and what's the other one? The what? 
The fiery furnace, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, very good. That's exactly right. Okay? Um, but it's not primarily uh, for history in that sense, even though we'll learn some of that. Okay? For this reason, apocalyptic literature stresses the end times and the final triumph of God's people. Okay? Would it surprise you to know that one of the main points of the book of Daniel is what is going on in heaven right now? Say, oh my. Yeah, God actually gives Daniel a view of the throne room, if you will, or what's going on in heaven. Okay? And it coincides directly with the book of Revelation. It's, it's, it's kind of freaky. Right? Especially considering these, these writings are quite far apart in terms of their history. Okay? Um, so there's a triumph of God's people, the resurrection of the dead, and the final judgment are frequently themes of apocalyptic writing. Number two, dualism. And when you talk about dualism, just think of this. It's good versus evil. Okay? If you're a Star Wars fan, you've got a little bit of that going on. If you're a Trekkie, you've got a little bit of that going on. Okay? If you're into all the vampire flicks, well, there's no hope for you. Okay, so um, so angels will play away, uh, play a major role in apocalyptic literature. Okay, uh, number three, another theme is God's control. So, despite the seemingly hopeless circumstances in which apocalyptic is written, its message is that God is still in control. Is God still in control today for us? So even though we may see some connections to the apocalypse or, wow, things are really crazy right now, or if you're so caught up in, my goodness, what could happen, fill in the blank, with whatever side of the aisle you find on with the, fall on with the upcoming election or next year, I mean, your mind just goes crazy, Right? And then you start to succumb to, to fear, uh, to worry, but ultimately your promise as a Christian is what? Who's still in control? God is still in control, always. And then the devil, <laughs> man, he wants you to think that, that everything is it's unrecoverable. There's no way we'll bounce back from whatever's going on in your life right now. And God says to you, <laughs> I'm in control. Right? Just as he came to Elijah in the cave, not in the midst of a big earthquake or wind or fire, he came in a still, small voice. Your God still comes to you through his word in a still, small voice to comfort you and to tell you that he's got your back. Okay? Um, number four, there's revelation of divine secrets. So apocalyptic writings give, or at least came, claim to give, revelations of divine secrets and mysteries concerned the, concerning the current and future status of the world. And this is where some people get really crazy with Daniel and with Revelation. Okay? And they, strike, you know, they, they, they attempt to take some of the figures that are intended to be symbolic and apply them to other people, right? Uh, so we'll talk about the mark of the beast, right? 666. And we'll look at winged creatures and all sorts of crazy things. And um, oh man, uh, there was a song that came out when I was in sixth grade. You remember Colonel Gaddafi? Some of you that are in history, yeah. And there was like an MTV, MTV video that was a song that was all over the airwaves. And then all of a sudden we started hearing that Colonel Gaddafi is this figure from the Bible, you know, and, and we're, we need to smote him and all that other stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit of a stretch. 
I mean, to claim that, that certain figures here and, and now are actually represented by what Scripture says when Scripture doesn't actually specifically say that, okay? So you often find Christian, Christians trying to fill in the blanks of Scripture, and we have to be very careful with that, okay? Um, it's not that we can't see some connections or similarity, especially when we talk about evil and we talk about things that are going on in the world, uh, but Again, ultimately, the great battle is between who? God and Satan, okay? Or let's, let's put it this way, okay? On the one hand, you've got the real Trinity. Who is the one true God? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? What's the antithesis to that? The devil, the world, and your sinful nature. So when you talk about good versus evil... Don't forget that we're not just talking about the devil, right? Don't, don't just slide into that Flip Wilson thing, the devil made me do it, okay? You got the devil, then you've got the world, and the world is sinful, completely tainted with sin. But then where do you fit into that? Ah, Jesus said, your father is the devil. What? Not me. I mean, look at me, I tithe, I, I give all I get, I go to church on Sunday, I'm a nice guy. And Jesus says, no, you're a sinner. Okay? So, uh, and you can, only, you can either only be for God or against him. Well, the sinner in you is what? Is against God. The sinner in you cannot be reformed and made better. The sinner in you has to die, which is what God provides for you through the waters of holy baptism. That's why Paul says, in baptism, we die with Christ, right? And not only do we die, what else? We rise to new life. There's a new man that comes forth. Okay, pay attention to the epistle reading from today. The Bible lists off a whole bunch of sins and says, those who do these will not inherit eternal life. And you look at that and go, oh man, I'm screwed. Well, the sinner in you is. What's your hope? What's your assurance? That God creates a new man, right? That he forgives you. And that when you are forgiven, when you are absolved, as far as the east is from the west, those are removed from you. So you can stand before God, now washed in the blood of the Lamb, right? That though your sins were as scarlet, now because of Jesus they are white as snow. Pay attention to some of these themes as we get into Daniel. Okay, we're going to see all of this pointing forward to the coming of Christ and talking about that. Okay, The last one is symbolism. So apocalyptic literature makes extensive use of symbolism that often seems bizarre. And there's some really weird things in Daniel and in Revelation. Okay, um, Apocalyptic symbols frequently include beasts and numbers. So if you're one of those uh, vampire people, you like all that stuff, or you're really excited about the new Halloween masks that are coming out, um, this will float your boat, I promise you. Uh, Daniel gets right there, okay? Um, the symbolic numbers of apocalyptic are often used in, co- in a cosmic calendar of events leading to the end of time. So we're going to talk about that. It is particularly the use of symbolism that makes apop- apocalyptic writing so difficult to understand, okay? So starting next week, we're going to um, open our Bibles, bring your Bibles with you. Um, we'll have it up on the screen for you. And we're just going to start looking through some passages of Daniel. Go ahead on your own and uh, start reading through Daniel. If you have the Lutheran Study Bible, it has some really good notes that will help you as we go through with this. Um, I'm hoping we can kind of get through Daniel here in the next uh, 
when it's done. <laughs> and then we'll dive into Revelation. I learned a long time ago, don't make any promises. So, Okay, good to see your faces today, Pastor Grady, or any, uh, any other announcements from any of our leaders? Good to see you today. Okay, The Lord bless you and keep you, and uh, he's got you in his hands. It's all good. Let's stand and close with the Lord's Prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us again to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Peace be with you. Uh, While you're leaving, I will mention one other thing. I I don't know why I called on Pastor Grady. We actually are offering a second Bible study, so if you're looking for something a little different, uh, Pastor Grady is actually teaching through the adult Sunday school curriculum, which is what the children and youth are getting. There's an adult version of that. That study meets in the library, so you're welcome to attend either one of these. Thank you. Bye-bye.